Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. I want to talk to you about fresh seasons, and so... I will go over to Acts chapter 3, and I'm just going to start, or uh, Acts chapter 3, I'm just going to start reading. And I had actually set out quite a few scriptures, or, you know, uh, quite a few verses to read in this, just to kind of set a context rather than just pulling out the verse I'm going to uh, kind of emphasize. But over in Acts 3.11, now as the lame man who was healed, or excuse me, now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, you might have to hang on. Turn to your neighbor and say, hang on. Get ready to hang on. The man who was healed held on to Peter and John. All the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So what had happened is this lame man was healed, and everybody saw it. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently at at us as though by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murder to be granted to you and killed the Prince of Life. Peter wasn't mincing words, was he? He was just laying it right out. He was preaching to these uh, these Jewish people. Uh, they were just experiencing the power and the hand of God. They knew God was doing something, and so Peter started giving them truth. The truth will set you free. And he said, And you killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Oh, Lord, do it again. Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance. That is such a powerful uh, footnote, if, if I can call it that, that, that Peter was now setting the, setting the stage to start speaking deliverance and salvation and healing to these people. And he says, I know that you did it in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of his prophets, that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus Christ, who has preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all of his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said to the fathers, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things, whatever he says to you. And it shall be that every soul who will not hear that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. 
Yes, and all the prophets from Samuel and those who follow, as many as have spoken, have also foretold these days. It's a very, that's a, that's a portion of this chapter that would be good to just note or underline. You are sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, and in all, and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. To you first, God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you and turning every one of you from your iniquities. So, Peter just begins to do this, basically this confrontation of truth that was, um, that was predicated upon them seeing the hand of God heal a man who apparently this, this community, they all knew who he was. They knew his story. They knew he was the lame man. He was crippled. They knew because he was begging and they had seen him day in and day out. He was always at his spot. He was always at his place. Many, if probably most of them, had probably made donations to him, given to him. That was, instead of having the social system like we have today where the government takes care of that, their system in the Jewish law was that the people would take care of that. And um, it's just a difference. I'm just throwing it out there to you. And so they knew this man was the point. And then they saw, as these two apostles laid hands on him, that he was healed. And they were, they were literally, they were more than amazed. They were dumbfounded. It completely captivated them to the point that even when those that saw it, when they began to tell it, and the news of it started to uh, imp- uh, filtrate through the uh, community, they all came running over to see it. They were all, they saw him, the crippled man, now strong in his body, the scripture says, and then they saw the, uh, Peter and John there, and they were looking in such a way at Peter and John that Peter said, hey, you got the wrong idea. We didn't do this. We're not holy, we're not, it's not in our power, we're not some great thing. This is Jesus who healed this man, and oh, by the way, the same Jesus that you all crucified. And then he goes on and lays the truth out. God is not afraid of truth, and neither should you be. Even when it stings a little bit. Now, this isn't a a setup where I'm feeling I'm going to sting you. That's not what that's about. So just even let the guard down. It's going to be okay. Um, But a couple of things took place. And it's set up to where I want to pick up in verse 19, because Peter began to tell them, in verse 17, he said, Brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance. They did it. But he, he laid a context here, bringing them, I believe, to a point to where they were able to receive from the hand of God something that they needed to have as a nation. Because he said, uh, you're the first. But he didn't say it here, but later on he did. But uh, uh, Paul then went on, and then the gospel went to the rest of the world, to the Gentiles. It wasn't just a Jewish message. It wasn't just to the nation of Israel. But they were the first to hear it. And so he goes down, and he starts talking about the prophets. He starts talking about how they prophesied of the Christ who would, who would suffer and then be fulfilled and, and be raised from the dead. And in verse 19, he lays out, what I want to talk about today, about fresh seasons, about this timing of how God operates in our lives for refreshing. Repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. I do believe that in 2023, we at this church are going to see 
not just sporadic refreshing, but I'm believing that we're going to enter into a time where we're going to come up under the, the hand of God through the Holy Spirit, taking heavy things that have been in your life, taking uh, areas in your life that you've been perplexed by, or maybe you've just become weary in, or you kind of think, man, I prayed about it, I'm going to keep praying about it. It's not that I don't trust God, but I'm just, I haven't seen anything change. Refreshing seasons come from the hand of God. And, and, and as we look in this today for the next few minutes, I want to try to lay out a premise to where it, it's not just, oh, whenever God decides. There's, there's, it's not a system. But God gives us an insight. Peter gives us an insight through these verses where we can kind of see how God is preparing and then actually implementing season a season of refreshing within the church as a whole. How many know our nation needs refreshing? We need a spiritual refreshing. Desperately. Desperately. Churches need refreshing that are sent from God. Not only this church... 99.9% of them. There are some that are in it, and praise God for that. Uh, but I believe this is a, uh, a corporate thing, but it's also an individual thing. There are times in your life, more than probably what any of us want to admit about, to where we need to be refreshed. Because it's so easy to just kind of get on the treadmill of life and just kind of keep walking out. And praise God for that. It's not by sight or it's not by emotion. It is by faith. But there's also those times where you just you, you just kind of get weary and well-doing, the scripture talks about. God knows that. And he, and he set up this process of refreshing in our life so that we don't faint and we don't give up. Amen? So in verse... 18, I want to, I want to bring to you something. I've only taught on this a couple times through, um, through the years, but I feel the Lord kind of refreshed this for this time, for me, and also for this church. And I call it the principle of completion. And I think he's going to get it up on the screen there. There we go. The principle of completion, and it's in verse 18, and it says this, but those things uh, which God foretold by the mouth of all of his prophets, that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. main idea I'm trying to bring about is that seasons of refreshing, they're still real, they're still valid. We need to be not only uh, anticipating them and, and praying for them, we need to be entering in and experiencing them. But there's, there's a layout here about how they operate, I believe. The principle of completion is simply this, that when something is fulfilled... Whether it be a prophecy, he's talking about prophecy. But whenever, whether it's a prophetic utterance in the scripture, whether it's some understanding that we've received from the word of God about a time or a season, uh, God is not static in that it just stays the same all the time. He never changes. God's unchangeable, unmovable. Uh, the truth never changes. The, 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 the doctrines of the word never change. But the methods and the, and the processes of life, they change continually. And so here he was talking about Jesus, that the prophets have been for, uh, foretelling and prophesying of the coming Messiah for centuries. And now Jesus came, and the very things they were prophesying about took place. They all saw it. So when it was fulfilled, it means that it was let, that the fulfilling of it levels up a low spot. It, a couple ways to look at it. It levels up a low spot. It furnishes a, it's like furnishing a house. This whole idea of fulfilled. It's like cramming a net. Look at a fish net. You know, you put it in the water, it's empty, and when it's fulfilled, um, the, the net's full of, of 
a fresh catch. It's, it's the process of verifying with a prediction. One of the things that the Jewish people struggle with so much, and now we call them Messianic Jews, those that have come and they've come out of the law and they've come out of Judaism and all of that and they've, they've become born-again believers. But one of the things that's been so effective of that is that uh, whenever they are confronted with this truth, that Jesus was indeed the Messiah who fulfilled and completed what the Old Testament was prophesying about the Messiah. They had to overcome a couple things because they were thinking he was going to be a military ruler or a political ruler or a ruler of a kingdom in this world. Uh, and they missed the point that he was setting up a spiritual kingdom, a supernatural kingdom at this time. His second coming, he'll set up his complete domination of of his creation. But at the completion of one season, it releases the start of a new season. And then he goes on and he begins to talk about uh, this transitional activity. And this is what I want to go in because as soon as you start reading these next uh, few words that Peter spoke about, it's very easy to say, well, I've already done that. And you just flip the page and think, well, that's not for me. Listen, this is for all of us at any time within our lives. And so let's look at it. In verse 19, he said, uh, so he laid out, hey, there's one season's being completed, getting ready to go into a next, another season, and then he starts out with this. Uh, there's this transitional activity. Repent, therefore, be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that, okay, when those things take place, then times of refreshings come from the presence of the Lord. Let's look at the first one. Repentance. Uh, I'm looking for a positive way to preach repentance. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Repentance is, is, yeah, y'all know, how many are born again? Then you repented. You came to a spot in your life where however it happened, whenever it happened, whoever was there, you came to a point where you said, I'm a mess, I'm a sinner, I need to ask God to forgive me, and I need to receive and accept what his uh, free gift for me. Repentance has three components, and I think they'll come up on the screen. These, These three things encompass what repentance are. Number one is new knowledge. Well, that was knowledge that you had back then. I'm lost. I'm a sinner. I'm, I'm not going to make it to heaven. I'm, I'm, I'm separated from God. Then you gain the knowledge from the word through teaching, preaching, testimony, whatever. You had new knowledge. But guess what? New knowledge comes all the time. Amen? New, God is never, God has not run out of fresh revelation. It, it's always in the word. It's not going to be extra biblical in that sense in, in, in what I'm trying to let you know now. But how many, how many know there's a whole lot more in this book? <laughs> it's a big book. Yeah, it's got a lot of pages and a lot of verses and a lot of chapters, all kinds of stuff in there. And you can just keep reading it and read it, which you should keep reading it. But the thing about this book is, unlike any other book ever penned by any author in the world, it's inexhaustible. You can study it, pull it apart, break it down word by word, thought by thought, and then go back over it the next time and the same thing and still more fresh things will come out of it. I love the word of God, don't you? And so new knowledge comes. When new knowledge comes, it reveals, hey, there's something there that you need to repent about. I'm not, maybe it might be sin, but it, repenting is not just over sin. Repenting is just saying, you know what? I need to make an adjustment there. That's the act of re- repentance. It's um, displeasure with self or displeasure with a previous course. That's what repentance means. It's, it's something there where you're like, I want to, you know, I don't believe too much. I don't do New Year's resolutions, okay? But I do 
keep open to the Holy Spirit. Lord, reveal to me anything that you need to adjust in me. In the beginning of the year is a good time to do that. So it, it just, and a lot of times, you know, the Holy Spirit will turn the spotlight of heaven on, then he'll bring the magnifying glass in, and he'll say, hey, take a, take a look here. <laughs> and you go, oh, I thought that was them over there. Oh, no, it's you. And, uh, and so there's that displeasure with self. Lord, I don't want to be that way anymore. That's repentance. Displeasure with the previous course. God, I don't want to... Maybe it was permissible by the law. Maybe it wasn't sin. But God, I just want to come up to a higher level in the way I conduct my life. Before Help me with that, Holy Spirit. That's the whole process of repentance. And so Peter's telling them. He said, listen, you're going to have to come in. Repent, therefore, as the Spirit of God brings new insight, new knowledge, fresh insight and understanding. Repentance is just a change of action, a change of course. Secondly, he said, and be converted. Well, I thought I was converted when, when I was saved. Well, you were. But this whole process of conversion is not just, it doesn't start and end with the, with the day that you said yes to Jesus being Lord over your life. It's something of that, it's not you're working out being saved again, but you are working out, I, I think uh, it talks about working out your salvation with fear and trembling. There's that whole process, sanctification. It's in this realm of, of things changing and growing and maturing, being converted. A voluntary act in response to presentation of truth. Conversion. That's the definition right out of Strong's uh, concordance. Volunt- uh, voluntary act on your part in response to presentation of truth. Basically, um, what we do here on Sunday morning outside of worship, when it comes to the word, it's, you know, Paul called it the foolishness of preaching. And oh, no one knows that better than I, because many times after Sunday morning, I go home and think, what in the world am I doing? And uh, not doubting God and all of that, but, but Lord, uh, just talking over and over again. Lord, there has to be something that's even more effective. But that's what God chose. is Because what it is, it's bringing the presentation of truth from his book, from his kingdom, his way. And then he said, so you, you uh, repent, you be converted. And then he said, and that your sins may be blotted out. This, this is, I want to take a moment on this third one, this C point. Spiritual, the spiritual activity of blotting out. Some of you desperately need another dose of it. And I'm not talking with any knowledge of any circumstance. I just know humanity enough. I know myself. I know people being around ministering to people. This, this idea here of, of this blotting out. So what most evangelical Christians do, we take that and we compartmentalize, we compartmentalize it. Well, that happened to me when I got saved. And now all the blotting out's been taken care of. Well, yeah, your sins, which were scarlet, are now white as snow. The ones that were, you know, he's separated as far as from the east and west. But listen, when you're still struggling with past failures... You need the Holy Ghost blotter to come down. (laughs) When the enemy comes as the accuser of the brethren and says, oh, you think you're so good, but what about 
this or what about that? Whenever all those things that, that uh, you look at yourself and you think, oh man, how did that? And, and all of those kind of things. That, what, this is the ministry. This is the supernatural activity where uh, the spiritual activity comes and he begins to take that and he blots it out. Because if that doesn't happen, here's what happens. If you don't let the full effect and ministry of blotting out take place on the inside of you, you get stuck at whatever spot in your trail of life that is still visible to you. It may not be visible to anybody else, but on the inside, it's still there with you. It needs to come up under the dealing of the Holy Spirit to blot it out. What's that mean? Well, this whole idea, this concept translates out. It means to erase. Okay, we got that. Usually I'll have a little whiteboard here and my little racer, and I'll go, and okay, and yeah, we don't have that. Oh, it means to obliterate. Y'all know what a, obliterate means. Yeah, it just means to take the structure, put the dynamite in, hit the switch, and night-night, it's gone. I like this one. It means to wipe away. In, in this way, it, it means to smear completely. And this is where I really like the whiteboard, because then I put a little bit of stuff on, and I take, and don't race it completely off, But, okay, you can read it. Susan is great. Yeah, and then we smear that a little bit and uh, finally get to where it's illegible. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to bring. You you may still have some some idea. You may still have some things, but it needs to become non-legible to you. Why? Because it's non-legible to God. Why? Because the blood is that powerful. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood is the the eraser of heaven. It's the holy dynamite that obliterates those things that would try to hold you back. It's the the thing that wipes it away. It's the the eraser that smears it, that makes it completely not legible. Why? Because our enemy, one of his names, is one of his techniques, is the accuser of the brethren. He loves to bring those things back up and say, uh, let's just take a look at this and then bring it up. Well, that, if you're still rehearsing it inside of you, you give him access to rehearse it to you. But once it's been blotted, once the Holy Spirit smears it to where it's illegible, it's been washed in the blood, it's been covered, uh, the enemy has no right to come and bring it up to you. And when he does, you can rebuke him in the name of Jesus. Say, no, away with you. If you're going to take that up, you need to take it up with him. I've been covered with the blood. Just receive that. Whoever needs that, just receive that. I did feel that the Lord spoke to me something. Just going to just take a pause right here and minister something. That somebody... Someone close to you, I, I don't know who, but you just, you just kind of have to fill in the blanks. Now. Someone close to you in your, in your life, in your relationships of life, some, they're concerned for you. They're very concerned for you. I'll tell you, this is how the Spirit of the Lord kind of spoke to me about this. It's like they're worried sick about you. And it wasn't the sense of, oh, you're doing something wrong or you know, you're rebellious or anything, but just some dynamic in your life right now, somebody who cares for you a lot, 
is greatly concerned for you. And the Lord gave me a word. So I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit just minister for a moment here. If that's you, would you mind standing up? I'm not going to call you for it. I'm not going to do anything. But if you would, if that's if that's you, if that if something is triggered, and if there's nobody here, that's fine. But if there's some, if that kind of fits something you're in, the Holy Spirit has something for you right now. Deborah. Mm-mm. Their concern is there, not because you're doing something wrong. Spirit of the Lord was just kind of re- just wanted me to just follow Him and ex- exhorting and administering some some things to you. It's there because they love you, of course. But this is one of the main things I felt the Lord wanted to just set you free from. It's not there to control you. Sometimes people's concern, it may be on their part, they, they want to control us or whatever, and oftentimes they're just concerned. There's no thought of control, but um, in that whole sense of that uncomfortable, that uncomfortableness that might be there with you, and I don't know if there is, but I, that's what I kind of felt with the word is that the Lord was wanting to release you um, from maybe putting a wall up or taking a step back because, you know, this concern at times may come across like they're trying to control you. I'm not even saying the concern they have is the Holy Spirit giving them concern. It's just, it's there and they're letting you know that. You are absolutely wrapped up in the hands of God and he has you Right where you, right where he wants you, right at this moment. So, walk in that idea of Lord, I'm surrendered completely to you in this. That is, don't you don't have to have a comeback for them. You don't have to have a um, uh, some type of acceptable uh, conversation with them about oh I know and I'll, I'll do whatever it is. They, all all the, I felt the Spirit of the Lord was wanting to bring into your life was that He's got it. Uh, rest in that. Some of the things that are going on is as much for them, more for them actually than it is for you. And that as you live out this, this walk, your walk in this perfect peace, God's got me. I appreciate the concern. I appreciate the prayers, but God's got me. Does that make sense? Everybody just stretch your hands over Deborah. Lord, we just pray that the Holy Spirit would just seal that within this precious woman's life and these relationships, whatever that's all about. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would bring about perfect edification and peace and and soundness of mind and all of this. Deborah 23 is going to be a year of victory for you. It's going to be a year where you experience some victories in your life uh, that are going to even surprise you and be surprising to some others. And uh, Lord, I just release that into my sister in Jesus' name. Okay, I want to I want to wrap up here the last minute. Yeah, sweetie, did you have something? Oh, so you're standing too. Okay, I probably shouldn't notice that, huh? Yeah, um, just see. So well, you know, here here we are being husband and wife right in front of everybody. Um, I, 
I hadn't even thought about you whenever the Lord gave me that. No, that's not it at all. Um, so we've had discussions about this. Oh, man, what's the pastor talking about? Her family's Catholic. I don't mean Catholic go on Easter and Christmas. I mean Catholic move beside the church so you can go to Mass every day when you retire. That kind of Catholic. And uh, we love them. They're wonderful people. So if y'all tune in and watch, Gary loves you. Or listen, not watch. Listen, okay. Hmm. You know, sometimes it's harder to minister to your own wife than it is to other people. You are such a sensitive person. And that's one of the things that endears the heart of the Lord to you, my dear. But your sister and your blood kin, they love you so much. But people can only speak out of the out of the arena of the understanding and revelation that they have. And so with this whole thing of people showing great concern for you, Susan. They're operating in love, but they're operating out of a limited understanding of what the Lord has done in your life. So the Holy Spirit is is anointing you and going to continue to anoint you in a great way to literally have an illumination of the love of Jesus that just shines before them in the face of sometimes negative comments and the sense of feeling controlled and disappointed. Holy Spirit, we surrender this to you for your Lord of it all. Anybody here that's ever had or maybe you're continuing to have conflict with family over religion or over faith, over serving the Lord, just lift your hand up. We're in a holy moment. Holy Spirit, you just bring and release healing. 23 is going to be free of condemnation and control from those close to us that uh, try to exercise that and maybe they don't fully understand what the Lord is doing. Lord, we pray for them and release the love of Jesus Christ to every family member. Holy Spirit, you do it right now. This is holy, heavenly work in Jesus' name. Some of you have even faced it on the job. You've even faced it in the neighborhood. You've even faced it in the place of school and education. Uh, Scripture teaches us rejoice whenever they speak things of you that are less than kind because of your service for Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Take five more minutes and close up this message. Just let Just let the Holy Spirit continue to move there.
Well, 23 starting out pretty good, right? <laughs> the spiritual activity of blotting out, that's what's happening right now. <clears throat> Erasing it, making it not legible. The principle of completion. I started off talking about it, or mentioned it, now I want to close with it. Here's the point, and here's how it impacts the seasons of refreshing. The principle of completion switches time. It's the switch in time that switches time from Kronos to Kairos. Okay, you all know. I'm not going to go into deep Kronos, just the clock. The continuum of time. Punching the clock. Hours come, hours go. Kairos is the seasons that are designated in time for certain things to happen that God has ordained. The principle of completion is what switches time from Kronos to Kairos. So as the Holy Spirit's been working in you, he's been working in you, one of the great things he's doing is completing you. Oh, you're fully saved, you're redeemed, you're born again, you're going to heaven. But there are things that need to be completed in your life. There are things that, that you need to come up into. You know, maturity, you need to come up into deliverance, you need to come. It's that process of when you see the principle of completion working your life. I was that way, but now I'm no longer that, I'm this way. Paul said, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. But there came a time in my life where I grew up, I completed some things in my life, and now I became a man and I speak and I do those things as a man. Corinthians, he was talking about that. That principle of completion. So, what you need to be looking for is what did God complete in your life in 22? Or maybe 20, 21, 22, maybe 19, 20, 20, you know, whatever it is, however long it took, sometimes it's a season. Look for those areas that have that the Lord has been completing. I've got a couple that I know within my own life. The Lord has completed it. He's, it's, it's finally, you know, sometimes I feel like a nut, you know. It's just like, okay, I get the, I get the message, Lord. And that switches from just punching the clock. Now you enter into a season. A proper time. Due seasons. The tense, the tense in this, and let's read it in verse 19. Repent, uh, be converted. Sins blotted out so that times, so that not a time, not a dispensation. It wasn't like he was talking about the dispensation of grace. He was talking about these seasons inside the dispensation of grace that we're living in so that times of refreshing may come. How many need refreshed in your life? How many are ready for some refreshing? Yay! I got, I got both hands, both feet. I'm ready, Lord. Bring it on. This completion in the Lord working some things in our life, it switches it from Kronos to Kairos. There's the proper time finally kicks in. This times that he's talking about, the tense in reference to time is plural. It's not that I have to live out the revival that happened in Toronto back in the mid-90s. I thank God for it. Thank God I was there. I don't have to just look back and say, man, what a time at, at Pensacola in Brownsville when... when when John Kilpatrick, and I, and I was there for that and all that. But guess what, guys? That was then. This is now. I'm ready for a new one. Ha <laughs> ha. Anybody? Up? I, I love what happened in camp. I love when I got saved. I love when I got filled with the Holy Spirit. But God, I need a time now. There's, there's these times that he talks about. These times are refreshing. They're plural. So get it out of your mind. Well, that happened then, and I guess that's what I got to live with. No, there's a new one coming. 
refreshing. And he said, uh, blot it out, be converted, repent, so that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. What's, what's a time of refreshing? Simply means, this is, this is the best way. What's a, time, what's a spiritual time of refreshing look like? It means to recover your breath. That's what the word talks about. That's what the meaning of this, that word kind of breaks down. It recovery of breath. So how many have ever, maybe you ran or you walked or you climbed stairs, you climbed ladder, and you ran out of breath? You, you all know that, right? Now, some of you, you can run for two miles, you know. <laughs> I run for two blocks, and I'm just like, yeah. Re- a spiritual refreshing is, is that you've been just... Plugging along, doing, man, going to church, doing everything you know to do, praying, showing up for this meeting, showing up for that meeting. Man, you're even giving. You're even tithing. You're doing, you're doing everything. You're reading your Bible every day. You're spending time and praying and calling on, and yet it's, at times, man, it's just like, man, I just feel like I'm kind of worn out. I'm out of breath. You need a refreshing. You need a season of refreshing. Those people at the job are driving you crazy. You need a refreshing. Those neighbors are driving you, your family. It's driving you out of your, you know, all, all of that kind of thing. Your kids, they're out of here, so they don't, they, they, they won't even know we're talking this way amongst our, oh, no, we do, we do have a few, okay. No. You're exceptionally mature for your age, so you can handle this, okay. Uh, you know, whatever it is, you just, you get winded. You need a season of refreshing. You're here today, and you, you know somewhere, someplace, you're, you've, you need just kind of a fresh breath. Stand to your feet right now. It means revival. <clears throat> revival, a term we talk about. We'll, we'll pick this up in a, over the next few weeks. Just so you know, my prayer, my heart-to-heart, me and God, just so you know, my top of the list God, I want, to be, I want to be a part of one more move of God before my time is up. And this is it. This is where, this is, this is where the Lord has put us. This is it. So I believe that there are people here probably, I'm thinking the majority. You're, you're like, God, I want to be a part of a revival no matter what. I, I want that. So this is what I'm going to ask you to do. Shut your eyes. Lift your hands as a sign of surrender. And just say, Lord, complete what you need to do in me. Just begin to pray that right now. It's the first day of 2023. Lord, I want this year, I want you to complete what needs, what you see needs to be done in me. To take the next step, to be refreshed, to have the, the, the new breath, to enter into revival, to have a season of refreshing. I'm ready for a new time of it, God. I'm ready. I don't want to go on just uh, plugging away, and I will because I love you, and it doesn't matter what I feel, what I sense, but Lord, I'm asking today for a season of refreshing to come into my life. Lord, I'm asking today for a season of refreshing to come into my church. Lord, we're asking today for his times and season of refreshing to come into our nation, God, and upon our world. Lord, it's out of breath. Lord, there are so many things. It's just winded, God. We need a fresh wind to blow like it did in Acts chapter 2 when a mighty wind blew from heaven. The place was shaken and the cloven tongues of fire came down and the Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost and they were never the same after that, God. Lord, we pray one more time. You came to, to Jonah a second time. Lord, come again.
within this place and within us and within me. In Jesus' name. It's not because we feel we're lacking anything or that you that we've missed anything, but Lord, we just want more. Complete it, Lord. Do whatever needs to be done. Make me more like you. Ha <laughs> ha. That's a prayer everybody can pray. Make me more like you, Jesus. Complete it, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, this is one of the first acts I want you to do in 2023. It's going to be real simple. It's not even going to take very long. You've already started it out good. You started worshiping the Lord. We, we gave. We, we've had some fun. We listened to the Word of God several different ways and several different times. But the best, best way to receive refreshing is to give refreshing. I want you right now, and it might be a little uncomfortable, but that's okay. We're friends. We're family. We love each other here. Even if it's your first time, don't be afraid of this. Turn to somebody around you, close, maybe standing next to you or behind you or in front of you. Lay your hand on them. Begin to bless them in the name of the Lord. What's that mean? It it means to begin to declare over them the goodness of God. Begin to declare over them that uh, the devourer will be rebuked off off of their life. Begin to declare over them divine health and healing. Begin to declare over them divine favor in every area of their life, that they're going to come up under favor with God and with man. Begin to declare over them that whatever the Lord's doing in them and, and that is going to come to completion, the Lord's going to finish the work. It's going to open up the next season of their life. They're going to come into seasons of refreshing. Come into agreement with one another for people's church. Lord, we're, we're due. We're ready for a fresh season of of revival and a fresh wind blowing within this house. Lord, we just come to you today and we declare 23 is going to have a a flavor to it. It's going to have a feel to it. It's going to have a touch to it that's going to be one of life and grace and mercy and joy and strength and power and healing and deliverance and miracles and salvations and baptisms and, and restorations and healings and all manner of the kingdom work is going to be operating within this fellowship. Lord, we declare the name of you. Come on, lift your voice. Don't be shy. Don't be mute. Don't be just standing there listening to me pray. Come into agreement. Lord, we're believing this year is going to be a year of refreshing. We completed some things in 22. Lord, some business was finished in 22. There were some hard things in 22. Now it's flipping from Kronos to Kairos, God, that we're going to come into a fresh season. We're going to come into a time of, of revival. We're going to come into a time of of a new wind blowing, a new breath from heaven, Lord. Whatever it looks like today, we're not trying to put it into the pattern what happened in the past. We're saying, God, whatever it looks like now, we say yes to it, God. Whatever has to happen in us for it to be real here, we say yes to it, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Do it, God. We embrace our future. We're not looking to hide out from anything or run from anybody. We're here with the good news, and Lord, we declare that it's more than enough for the world that we live in. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Continue to bless.